Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning, my friends. Hello. Thank you for uh, coming in and joining us for this beautiful Thursday. Uh, it's, uh, it, this week has been just like lickety split. It just lickety split. Uh, but here we are and ready to go. Uh, still, still, a balmy 30 something degrees here outside the old radio ranch in South Central, although it's supposed to, uh, get, uh, a little cooler down here as uh, storm systems continue to cross the state as we trip into December. Today, of course, the last day of November for the year, and uh, we're, we're, I'm ready. I am ready, Teddy. I'm telling you right now for a beautiful, beautiful holiday season, and uh, <clears throat> it is, uh, it's beautiful. It's, uh, it's, it's ready to go. Today is Thursday, and we are going to take this first hour uh, of the program to just kind of riff on some of the stories that are out there. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about it. I'm trying, I'm trying not to get too heavy. My new resolution for December is to try and uh, split things up with some non-political, lighter side, uh, you know, lifestyle stuff, just some some help to, you know, stories and, and, and guests to help you in certain things. So we'll see what um, we'll see what that looks like uh, here as we go through December. Um but we are going to cover some headlines this morning and just kind of chit-chat about some of the things that we expect to see coming up in the upcoming legislative session and some of the things that are going on around the state and more. Then in hour two, we're going to talk with my friend Laura Edson from Alaska Employee Benefits. Uh, that's an outfit. Uh, these are um, insurance brokers, consultants that deals specifically with the healthcare market. And uh, I know that ever since Obamacare came in, you know, the healthcare market in uh, in the country has been kind of a mess. Um, and I never would have been able to navigate it personally <clears throat> without going to jail <laughs> for being so frustrated. Um, I, I don't think I would have been able to navigate it without the help of uh, Laura, who is a uh, who is again is an insurance broker and uh, helps people with that. So we're going to talk with her in hour two because right now is open enrollment time. And uh, so if you don't have health care, um, if you don't have health care, uh, then uh, you you might want to tune in in hour two because you might be able to get it. 
um, with the help of uh, folks like Laura. So we'll talk, uh, we'll talk with her in hour two. And again, just another way where we're trying to, uh, you know, help people out and do things, uh, you know, <clears throat> and get over it. Yes, I mean, the government took something over and screwed it all up. That's exactly what I mean, Donna. That, uh, you know, <clears throat> who would have thought that the same organization that heads the post office and the DMV somehow took something that was working and decided to uh, meddle in it and then totally boned the whole thing over? I mean, who who would have thought? Who, you know, <clears throat> with the best of intentions, what could possibly go wrong? Um, so anyway, it's, uh, that's, uh, that's what's coming up today. Tomorrow's Firearms Friday. Um, and I don't have anybody lined up yet for Firearms Friday tomorrow. Other than I know that Willie Waffle will be joining us. So we'll talk with Willie, uh, in hour two tomorrow. Uh, so that's the only thing for sure. <laughs> that's the only thing we know for sure. Okay, um, <clears throat> what do we got? What what's uh, what's the what be the haps? What are the news stories that we need to dive into to get started on today? Um, well, I think we should start with um, there's opinion piece that came out here uh, almost a week ago. I guess it has been a week. It's been just over a week ago. Which uh, I read the other day, and then uh, we never got around to. But I think it is a good one. <clears throat> it's from Scott Ogan. Now, Scott, um, Scott is a visitor to the show. Sometimes I see him sometimes in the chat room. He's been around the block. He's a former lawmaker. He served in the House from 1995 to 2004. And then in the uh, <clears throat> Senate from 2003 to 2004, I guess he's a he, he was a anyway, he's a legislative analyst for Must Read Alaska. And he's got a breakdown, uh, which I think we need to go through um, of uh, all the things that are going on and kind of a recap of everything that happens. But I'm going to save that one for the next segment uh, because I think it's going to take a full I think it's going to take a full 10-minute segment to, to break down and debug and and uh, and everything else. So we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. It's uh, people to watch in the Alaska Senate, uh, and we'll see what he has to say on that. Um, a story that caught my eye this morning was uh, in the ADN. Alex DeMarban over at the ADN has got a story talking about uh, the Chugach Electric Association – and their proposed rate increase, they have a rate increase of nearly 6%, 5.8% is what they're looking for. And they have this rate increase in front of the RCA, the Regulatory Commission of Alaska. Now, what's interesting about this and unusual, I should say, is that a throng of parties have joined uh, this case uh, and it could influence power costs for years in Anchorage, but not just in Anchorage. This is not just an Anchorage thing, but in much of Alaska because of the inner tie and the rail and the and the the power structure. You know, everybody's <clears throat> everybody's uh, connected at some point. 
DeMarban goes on to say the case is complicated and will have varying effects on different groups, in part because Chugach Electric must combine separate rate cases from its original region with the North Anchorage area it acquired with the purchase of Municipal Light and Power in 2020. The driving force behind some of the groups that are concerned about the future of power generation along the Alaska Rail Belt between Homer and Fairbanks. So it's the whole thing, the entire rail belt from HEA all the way to GVEA up in Fairbanks as the natural gas, which is the primary fuel um, that produces all this electricity, is starting to run short. There's a renewable energy group called Renewable Energy Alaska Project, and they say this is an incredibly important rate case because the Cook Inlet region faces a natural gas crisis and the relatively inexpensive gas we enjoyed for decades is going away. They are intervening in the case, which is a first for this group, and they want to promote the creation of a rate structure that reduces the demand for natural gas from the Cook Inlet. That will provide more time to develop renewable energy before 2020. 2027, when gas is expected to begin running short, leading to costly imports of liquefied natural gas. Now, I'm always hesitant when I see this kind of verbiage for a couple reasons. First and foremost, they're intervening in the case because they want to promote the creation of a rate structure that reduces demand from the natural gas from the Cook Inlet. How are you going to create a rate structure that reduces the demand? Okay, for anything. How are you going to produce a rate structure that reduces the demand for housing? Right? Well, you increase it. So it becomes more expensive. So fewer people want to. I mean, it could be electricity, could be gasoline, could be housing, could be food. How do you reduce the demand for something? in the market what's the easiest way to do it when you're talking about rates will you raise the cost that's that's the that's the that's the first thing so i get a little leery <clears throat> when people are trying to push agendas like for example renewable renewable energies and resources not that i am opposed to renewable energy but when they start dabbling in free market forces where they say they want to create a rate structure that reduces demand for the natural gas. I start asking questions about how is that going to work? You're going to increase the cost. I mean, we're already talking about a natural gas shortage, so that costs are already going to spike because the market has already shown that the supply side is going to be down. You don't want to decrease the price too much because the supply side is down. You can't really decrease it too much. And where does it go from there? So this already raised my eyebrow. This one, that one, that one, this one. It raised my eyebrow a little bit. Then it goes on to quote uh, the uh, executive director of this group, Chris Rose, to say, ensuring that the largest utility in the state designs its rate to conserve the natural gas is critical. So again, they want to conserve it. It will increase the amount of time we have to use the local gas and give us more time to backfill with renewable energy that is cheaper than natural gas, but takes more, takes a bit of time to permit and build. 
I'm going to ask you to cite your sources on the fact that they say that these renewables will somehow be cheaper than natural gas. Because across the country, historically, in the data that I've seen, natural gas is still the cheapest form of energy uh, that's pretty much out there. Well, aside from nuclear. But, I mean, it is the cheapest form of energy. That renewable energy, while great, does have a baked-in expense to it and an ongoing expense because of the lifespan of a lot of these components having to be replaced all the time. The fact that they say renewable energy is the cheaper option on that, but it takes a little bit more time to permit and build. By the way, the permits and the builds and the costs... There's a lot of upfront costs on a lot of that stuff. <laughs> and like I said, there you have to re, I mean you have to continually rebuild and re, and that's just the first part. That's just the first person um that is the first organization that's uh, intervening in this case. Look at that. It's, it's all, we're already up to the break. I'm going to have to pick this up on the other side. So uh, we'll continue this discussion. But I just, again, I just want you to think, I just want you to wrap your brain around that for just a second. They want to promote the creation of a rate structure that reduces the demand. Well, I've heard that before. I've heard that before about mm, alcohol. I've heard that before about mm, cigarettes, where they want it's a punitive tax that is try they're trying to they're trying to have behavioral control through taxation, or in this case through a rate increase. This this should make you things that make you go hmm. That's where you that's where you should start thinking about these kind of things. On the one thing that we all need in Alaska, and in, in this one instance, things that have an effect on probably 80% of the population, because we're talking all along the rail belt from Fairbanks to Homer. All right, we'll continue this discussion here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We're back with more right after this. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Okay. Uh, we are in the break. Where was I? Let me go back up here. See what you guys are talking about here. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, there you go. Good morning. Uh, Bill says he he says, nice, I need that. That was when we were talking about the insurance stuff. Donna, yes. You mean government took something over and screwed it all up? I mean, if you wanted to see how the how the government was going to handle the 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 Obama, all they had to do was look at the VA. I mean, you know, you know. That's it right there. 
Uh, yep. Anniversary earthquake time. It's the anniversary earthquake time. Um, the bride says renewable by 2027 delusional. I mean, absolutely. I mean that if we started today, I don't think, I mean, if they started breaking ground today, I don't know as they could get it done and online by 2027. I just don't. Yeah. I just don't think that it's going to happen. Uh, Donna says higher prices equal lower demand. So she's, I mean, she's the economy gal, right? I mean, I'm just some podunk radio show host in the middle of Alaska, and even I could figure out that what they were talking about was increasing the rates to reduce the demand. Because that's the old, by the way, that would be the only way you could make renewables cheaper than gas. That would be the only way you could do it, is if you raise the price of electricity through natural gas to be so high, I mean... Um, if the rate, here's uh, Brian talking about free market intervention again, if the rates go up organically, it does reduce demand, but when the government intervenes, it sends the wrong signals to the market. Yeah, that's the, yeah. Uh, Jeremy, he's got the answer. He said, uh, generate my own electricity so I don't have to worry about it. I like my solar panels. HEA can bugger off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the big expense is found in the lack of power. Um, um, here's a, Kevin McCabe. The big expense is found in the lack of power. Windmills are 12% efficient. So 1.5 megawatt project would uh, windmill would be putting out 12% of that if the wind blows. We would still need spinning reserves or base load. It's expensive. It is. That's the thing. You can't, you know, you can't do, we can't put a solar farm here that'll generate year round. I mean, I know they're working on one in Houston that's supposed to be ancillary, but for them to just arbitrarily blanket, make a blanket, state, blanket statement like, oh, these renewable energies are much cheaper than, than uh, natural gas generation. Oh, cite your sources, baby. Cite your sources. Show me the numbers. Um, let's see. Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I need Brian's new coffee that makes the letters wiggle. Yeah. Brian, what's your new coffee? What? What's the, I saw Brian said he got a new brand of coffee this morning. It apparently has got his heart racing at a million miles an hour. Um, uh, renewables will pay for themselves said, who knows the, who, who no one talks about it. What well, said who? No one talks about it. Renewables will pay for themselves. Okay. Um. Anyway, it's uh. This it's this is an, it's an interesting scenario. It's an interesting uh, position uh, on the fallback. Uh, and that's just one group. Uh, that's the thing. This whole thing with uh, with uh, uh, Chugach Electric is this is going to be an this is going to be an interesting. <laughs> scenario for sure right, anyway we'll continue on with this here uh and we'll continue the talk and we'll see what you guys have to say on this let's uh let's get to it for alaskans importing lng is like importing salmon mismanage the resource long enough and you're left with nothing but bad options 100 percent. it's a shame 
that we're sitting on 17 trillion cubic feet of natural gas, and this is where we're at. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Here we go. Uh, welcome back to the program, The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Um, we're talking about, boy, the chat room has been a little savage this morning about all this stuff. Um, we've been talking about this <clears throat> rate increase that's being proposed by Chugach Electric. Which, again, I hear some of you going, well, who cares? I live in wherever, Happy Valley. I live in Esther. I live in... The problem is, is that uh, Chugach Electric is part of that rail belt, and it's part of the whole combined cost of power generation across the entire rail belt of the state, from Homer all the way up through the peninsula into Anchorage, into Fairbanks, through the Matsu. So this this bears this bears repeating. Anyway, this uh, this rate uh, case is now in front of the RCA, the uh, uh, Regulatory Commission of Alaska, and they've had a bunch of uh, of imposers. Is that what they call it? Imposing themselves on the case? Imposers. That's not the right thing. Um, intervene interventioners interveners invent interventor mm-hmm. interventors. Anyway. There's been a large – this first one, again, uh, this uh, – the Renewable Energy Alaska Project looking to promote a creation of a rate structure that reduces the demand for natural gas, giving us critical time, critical time to develop renewable energy before 2027, which I didn't even mention, but Brian in the chat room was like, 2027? That's laughable. You're right. I mean, if we broke ground starting next month, um, January, let's just say January of 2024 – there, there is almost no way that they could get the the everything the inner ties the 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 permitting and everything in three years. Are you kidding me? You, do you, you know how long it takes to get some of these projects off the ground now? I mean, now they talk about these these projects in five to ten year tranches. They're like, I mean, yeah, it's it's not a thing. Anyway, that's just one organization. Another organization that is intervening in the case is the American Association of Retired Persons, as well as Ethan Shute, the chair of the Alaska Permanent Fund Corp Board of Trustees, who said he's joining as an Anchorage residential ratepayer with experience in finance and energy development. Utilities along the rail belt have also joined the case, along with large ratepayers such as the University of Alaska Anchorage expressing concerns about its ability to afford the proposed rates. Here's one of the things that I always feel bad about. Most of the, and you know, because, you know, these are utilities, right? And so that's why the RCA is involved. But at some point, especially for member-owned cooperatives like MEA, and I'm a member of both, right now, I'm a member of both MEA, 
Matanuska Electric Association, and GVEA, Golden Valley Electric Association. I have interest in both. I've got properties. I pay money. I do the whole thing. And so we, at some point, though, you have to realize that when you've got places like UAA that are expressing concern about the ability to afford the proposed rates, hey, Buttercup, that's called the market. When there's a tightening of the supply for the stuff that creates the energy, somebody's got to pay for it. That would be you and me. Yes, I know. It's a crisis. I know. It's tough. When they say we're going to run out of gas, when they say all these things are happening, I know. That's a tough thing. There's no doubt about it. But that's, you know, that's a lot. You can't just keep saying, well, we can't afford it. Well, neither can someplace like MEA, GVEA, Chugach Electric. We, yeah, I mean, all those things. That's going to have to happen. You know, they can't force these they can't force these organizations to operate at a loss. I mean, maybe they can for a while, but eventually it, you know, it, it just nothing's it won't happen. Um anyway, uh utilities again and the UAA. Uh Chugach Electric filed for the rate increase in June, saying a typical rate case could take at least 15 months for the commission to reach a final decision. A portion of the rate increase went into effect in September. The utility expects the remainder to go into effect in September of next year. Now, the commission could accept different rates, which would lead to refunds if they're smaller than Chugach uh, anticipated. The rate increase, by the way, uh, of 5.8% would be about $7 more for the average bill of about $120 a month. Now, I don't know who pays $120 a month for electricity, but boy, you guys are lucky. Uh, but I will, I mean, I'm still happy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. I'm still officially paying well under 50% of what I was paying in Fairbanks. Um, but it's no, it's nowhere near, it's nowhere near $120 a month. But even, it, let's just say it's double that. Let's just say that my, my bill's not quite double that. But let's just say that, you know, on 200 bucks a month, I have to pay an extra, you know, $10, $12 a month for the thing. I understand. I mean, do I like it? No, it's 120 bucks a year that I don't necessarily, I mean, I would rather not pay. But I also understand that everything is more expensive. My God, before before Thanksgiving, I went into Fred. I hadn't been in Fred Myers in, I don't know. I hadn't been to the grocery store in several months. And I walked in there to get a small list of things that fit into two grocery sacks, and it was $90. And I was just like, wow, wow, wow. I'm looking at some of those prices going, wow. I don't do most of the shopping anymore, right? So everything is going up. And so it should be no surprise. But for seven bucks, it it I don't know. It it just really kind of blows my mind. And again, the thing that caught my my eye here is that there are people out there that want to promote the creation of a structure that reduces the demand for the gas. And of course, the end game here is to make renewable energies more attractive by causing gas to be spiked so high that you just can't. And how they think they're going to get to this is 2027 is just uh, uh, astonishing to me. 
Chugach says they're not opposed to any of the requests for intervention. Uh, they didn't. Uh, they did not reply to a request for the interview, but they they, they had said that they're not opposed to any intervention. Um, they said in September in the newsletter that the base rates for municipal light and power, the people that were subsumed into the system in 2020, that those rates hadn't been adjusted since 2017. So that's six years ago. And that Chugach's own customers hadn't been adjusted since 2020. Uh, in comparison, inflation in the South Central area has risen 18% since 2017. <laughs> 18% increase in inflation in the last six years. Um, so anyway, uh, it's uh, it's interesting. Um it's interesting. Now, one member of the regulatory commission didn't support adding as many in, uh, interveners as first reported by the Northern Journal. Robert Doyle, appointed by Governor Dunleavy in 2022, wrote in a dissent that the magnitude of parties will cause delay, burden the commission's resources, and be detrimental to the record. He took particular aim at that renewable energy group, specifically. He, he said, he said, whoa, wait a second. He said, there are, he said, in addition, at least two petitions have a stated purpose that will broaden the issues and delay the proceedings and therefore should be denied. Uh, he wrote, naming the parties in parenthesis, uh, the, which is the Renewable Energy Alaska Project and the, uh, uh, the, the, the member of the PFD board, shoot. Uh, so it's. It's a it's it's this whole thing is is interesting. Um, uh, it's it's very interesting to see how this whole thing is going to go. But the bottom line is, is that you can't uh, you know, you, this is a crisis that they knew was coming, that they you know knew what was going on. They got interveners in here who are trying to change. They're trying to behaviorally modify uh, you know, Alaskans modify your behavior through, in this case, increasing the rates just the same way that other people want to do that with taxes and everything else, behavior modification. Oh, don't buy that. We'll put up, you know, it's like putting this, the sugar tax on the sodas. We don't want you to drink sodas anymore. So we're going to modify your behavior through taxation. It's just, it's just flat out wrong. Now, I'm not saying that every intervener here is wrong. I'm just saying that some of these guys, especially with their stated purpose, Short-sighted, short-sighted. And, uh, you know, places like the university saying, well, we just don't know if we can afford it. Well, welcome to the party, pal. I mean, we just don't think we could afford it. That's what we've been saying for years. We just don't think we can afford the level of government and the level of all these other things that are going on in taxation. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, 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 you, we can't afford that. Well, maybe we should have figured out a way to get our 17 trillion cubic feet, 17 trillion trillion cubic feet of gas on the North Slope. Maybe we should have figured out a way to get that down to the citizens and to Tidewater. Maybe we should have looked at that a little better. I mean, the fact now that we're going to have to, in fact, Ben Carpenter, who was in the chat room earlier, uh, made a comment that I thought was, uh, was, um, um, was perfect. Uh, because he said he he taught he likened it to uh, I'm just looking I'm scrolling backwards for it right now. Um, uh, uh, he said it was he likened it to salmon. The fact that here we go for Alaskans importing LNG is like importing salmon. 
mismanage the resources long enough and you're left with nothing but bad options. I mean, that's the thing. How embarrassing is it that we are this resource-rich state and we can't get it together enough to be able to do – now, I know that there's market factors in place and that, you know, the, 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 the uh, environment and, the, you know, bringing guide the gas to tidewater. But we've been working on this for 50 years, folks. 50 years. And we've got all this stuff going on on the North Slope and, and we're going to import gas from someplace else. It's just – it's just astonishing. Absolutely astonishing. So we'll see what happens with that. But I just, again, as I was reading that article this morning, I just that just that just jumped right out at the page off the page at me that they were going to use this to try and make renewable energy a little bit more attractive. That somehow, some way, that's gonna be the answer to all of our problems. There, renewable, there's nothing wrong with renewable energy in and of itself. The fact that they want to take all this renewable energy and try and replace the steady, consistent energy of coal, gas, nuclear with renewable energy that is, well, it's spotty at best. I mean, somebody posted in the chat room that the efficiency of a windmill is about 12%. Even if you doubled that and said it was 24% or even if you said it was just 50% efficient. That means that 50% of the time, you're not getting the same amount of power as you would from standard steady generation, which means you have to backfill, which means you got to have batteries, which means you have to have something sitting there spinning, waiting for the demand to come to them. So those burners still have to be running. So all this stuff still, I'm not saying that you shouldn't include renewables. I'm saying you should stop looking at it as a primary source of power. Because there's no – now, again, if you were talking about something about like nu- nuclear, why are we not talking about nuclear power? Why? This is scary. I, I just – I don't understand this at all. Energy is one of the cornerstones of modern civilization. It's the only way we're able to do all the things that we do um, and still have time for leisure and arts and – you know, and and philosophy and all this other kind of stuff, because we're not going out every day and hunting and gathering and being able to heat and power and do all. It's the one thing. Why do we continue to avoid the elephant in the room? I'm not going to get worked up today. I am not going to get worked up today. All right, we got more coming up. Uh, Laura Edson's going to be joining us at the top of the hour to talk about health care. And uh, we will return. The Michael Luke Show. Common sense, liberty-based. Free thinking radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Oh, almost got worked up there. Almost got worked up. Um, okay. Okay. 
frequent, frequent severe icing can cut a wind farm's annual energy production by over 20%. Can't generate electricity with snow-covered solar panels. Um, a number of conversations I had, says Brian, when I was running for MEA underscored uh, just how far out of touch people are with energy issues. I know. It's astonishing, isn't it? Um, um, okay. GVA, uh, Robert, Rob Meyer says, GVA told us they want to have nearly half of their generation to be renewable by the end of the decade, mostly wind. Yeah, the problem is, again, in talking with these wind, these are great projects, don't get me wrong, but it's a reliability and, and, and sustainability issue, not sustainability. Is for, it's a stability issue, not sustainability. So there you go. Um, let's see. Uh, save you more. Interlopers. Is that the word you were looking for? Interlopers. Interveners was the word I was looking for, actually, but interlopers also works. Um, we have great biomass, 8 million years old and compacted. It burns clean with 2 to 10% sulfur content. It's called coal. <laughs> I mean, I know, but coal is a dirty word, man. Just like nuclear. Just like nuclear. Um, uh, it could only be better if it was anthracite coal. I know. It was, uh, GVA wants to shut down Healy Coal Plant. Yes, absolutely. Um, MEA bills just doubled. I guess we're paying for the quality services. I only lost power six times in nine days. Yeah, I mean, I noticed that, again, that was my power bill last month was more than it's ever been. Um, I think that was the highest energy bill I've ever had while I've been down here, but it's still half of what I was paying in Fairbanks. I will tell you that for nothing. Um, Fort Knox is the uh, biggest user of electricity in the state. They're also a big employer and resource that Alaska can ill afford to lose. They use their use of power actually makes it cheaper for GVA members. If we remove enough electricity from the grid, will they still be able to operate? That's a good question. Um, all right. Food is expected to go up 6% in the next year. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going through here with soon. Uh, okay. Uh, everyone should, everyone should just burn. <laughs> Wow, Kelly's a little salty this morning. Everyone should just burn wood. Screw the EPA. The fact that they're allowed to have so much power blows the mind. Just burn your wood. Well, that's the thing. That's what I said. I mean, if you know, if it's a question between heat or eat, if it's a question between my house freezing up and my kids being cold, um, or burning some wood. You damn right, I'm burning wood. That is the. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We're a colony, not a state, says Jim. Um, oil is technically renewable, says Brian. Yeah, true. All we have to do is wait a few million years. Oil is technically renewable. Um, uh, I'm, I'm still going through here. They want us to sell carbon credits. 
We need a Rep McCabe call in, says Donna. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ask the Germans about integration of the wind into the grid. That was the, you know, we saw exactly how that well that went when they lost their backstop of all their Russian gas, right? Because their power grid was being backstopped by all that Russian, cheap Russian gas. And because they'd shut down their nuclear power plants. France used to be 80% of the power in France was generated by nuclear uh, by nuclear power. And everybody got their panties in a wad about the whole green thing. And so they started mothballing all this stuff. And now everybody's struggling again. It's just, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Okay. Um, uh, go read, uh, Kelly, go read the reason piece on administrative judges. Oh, man, I read that piece and it's like, wow. Wow. All right. So I'm all caught up in the chat room. I'm all caught up. You guys have been verbose this morning. So, uh, good, good stuff. Um, <laughs> uh oh, Denise. Burn it all down. Can it really get worse? And she said, I just got spanked from Facebook. You know, it is what it is. All right, here we go. We're jumping back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense. Liberty-based. Free-thinking radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell. Laura Edson's going to be our guest in an hour, too, talking about health care. Let's, uh, let's uh, get to it. Here we go. Okay, welcome back to the program. Uh, we are ready to proceed. Coming up uh, here in just a little bit, Laura Edson from Alaska Employee Benefits is going to be talking with us about how you can get health insurance if you don't have any, how there is a possibility. And it's uh, better than you think. There's been a lot of changes in the law, the Obamacare law. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's a hot mess. Let's not get it. Let's not get it twisted. It's a hot mess, but, uh, Laura can help simplify. Laura has been a lifesaver. I've known, I've been working with Laura for 15 years now. That's, that's crazy. 15 years. Uh, anyway, um, we're going to have her on here, uh, in the next segment and we're going to next hour, we're going to talk about that. Don't forget, we've got our holiday recipe contest up uh, on the uh, Facebook page right now at facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. Just go out to the post and comment with your favorite family traditional holiday recipe, something that you love every year. The one recipe that you look forward to every holiday season, Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year, whatever it is, Ramahana, Kwanzmas, I don't know, whatever it is you celebrate. Feel free to share that, um, share that up on the Facebook page, and then people can view it. They can copy and paste it. They can keep. They can snatch that recipe up, and of course, then they can vote for it. 
with a thumbs up, a love, or whatever. And of course, whoever's got the most interaction by the time we're done is going to be the winner of a delicious bag of Beard Curler coffee and a 6 o'clock club mug, courtesy of the program. We'll be announcing the winner of that uh, on the 20th. So we got 20 days right now, 20 days to put your recipes up there and then and then send it out to all your friends. Send, send the post out and say, please vote for me. That's what we need to do because we need to get more people involved in that. That's what Bill did. Bill put his delicious bourbon caramel popcorn up on there. And then I saw that he shared it to everybody that he knew. Hey, go vote for my thing. And that's why I think Bill's in the lead right now by almost a, a was a five to one margin over everybody else. That's because he went out and shared it and told all his friends. He leveraged the power of crowdfunding and got out there and uh, and 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 didn't. Um. Anyway, we're going to uh, it. We're we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna be looking forward to that. There's some great recipes up there. In fact, our guest yesterday, um. Uh, who was with uh, Detra, uh, Detra, uh, Mc, uh, I've forgotten her last name, not McGinnis. Uh, anyway, Detra, she posted up her fig fruitcake recipe, which I am going to be trying. I guarantee you it looks delicious. So, uh, and that's the whole point of it, of course, is to share all that stuff. And we're thinking that maybe Michelle Shower will post up her turkey roll recipe that Mike was bragging about yesterday. So it should be. Should be good stuff. Um, all right. We are uh, ready to continue here. Uh, one final story uh, before we go out. Scott Ogan, uh, who is a former legislator, he served in the, in the state legislature from 1995 to 2004 in both the House and the Senate. He has written this article over at Must Read that I caught about, uh, I don't know, it was about a week ago. And it just never got around to it. But I want to revisit it because I think it's pretty powerful. And it's got a little bit of a synopsis of some of the things that are going on and what we can expect and what we should be watching for in the upcoming session, which starts uh, in about five, six weeks. Uh, Scott Ogan writes, uh, Senators Bert Stedman, Click Bishop, and Kathy Giesel, he calls them the three amigos, run the Alaska Senate. The power divide is always over money that protects the union-backed deep state, which means your permanent fund dividend check is at stake for that. Stedman, Bishop, and Giesel formed a coalition with every Senate Democrat rather than bring fellow Republicans Mike Schauer, Shelley Hughes, and Rob Myers into the fold. This was after Alaskans had elected an 11 Republican member majority in the Senate. Talk about dysfunction. And he said, this is where it starts. Now, he kind of gives Gary Stevens a pass a bit here, which, uh, you know, he says, Senate President Gary Stevens is a nice guy, but make no mistake about it, he's a weather vane politician. But the utter vindictiveness against the Republicans in the unofficial Senate minority by the three amigos over the PFT is palpable. And that is true. I mean, you could just see the utter disdain that Holland Giesel or that uh, Giesel and uh, Stedman and Bishop have for somebody who would dare to challenge their authority, who would dare to disagree with them on the big topics. Uh, and the fact that Shelley Hughes and Mike Shower and Rob Myers won't toe the line and continue to, you know, throw slings and arrows and to fight the fight over the PFD. Uh, is just infuriating to them. Absolutely. 
Um, remember when Kathy Giesel was running for the Senate back in the day before she lost her seat to Roger Hall? Remember that video where she and her husband were sitting at the table and she steals her husband's wallet and says, this is what Governor Walker has done to your PFD. He's stolen your PFD. We need to hold on to your wallet. Remember that? That was back in the day when she was telling the truth. Um, yeah, that was that was the thing. He mentions that. Uh, Stedman and Bishop finance co-chairs craft the legislature's fiscal policy with impunity. Cross those co-chairs and you'll end up out in the cold like shower, Hughes, and Myers. You can pay, you have to pay to play in the Senate majority. That's what he, he I mean, he, this is, he's not cutting any, any, uh, cutting any slack here. Let me post this up in the chat room so other people can read along with this because this is a, um, um, uh, so it's it's good it's good stuff. I just posted it up in the chat room. Uh, you got to pay to play in the Senate majority with your silence on the PFD and a tacit oath to the binding caucus. <laughs> After an endless Senate finance agency overviews and hearings, the co-chairs dropped their behind closed door budget in the last minute meeting during the last session and invoked the my way or the highway rule. In the previous session, their arrogance ignored decades of protocol. They didn't even seek the concurrence of the House on critical budget votes. They just rolled it all together and shoved it down their throats. And this is just such a great summation of what happened. He then goes on to say to take a look at, you know, why would you do that? You know, rather than align with pro-PFD Republicans, why would some of these Democrats join in with people like Bert Stedman? Because, again, ostensibly, this is something that Brad has talked about many times. Ostensibly, these Democrats are wanting to protect the lower income people who are the most affected by PFD cuts. And he said, rather than align with pro-PFD Republicans like Shower, Hughes, and, and Myers, Democrats like Scott Kawasaki and Bill Wilikowski, who voted to fund a full PFD two years ago, are now mostly complicit and accept a mini-PFD. It all boils down to majority power and influence. It's all power and influence. He then goes down to break down the, uh, he goes to break down the rest of the uh, people to be watching for. He talks about Matt Clayman ensuring that the Alaska bar continues to have a stranglehold on judgeship selections in Alaska. He talks about former Forrest Dunbar, who, you know, and his views on the Constitution, his stated views on the Constitution, which if you don't know Forrest Dunbar's stated views on the Constitution, you've been not paying attention because it's a hot mess. He talks about L.V. Gray Jackson, who's well-spoken and makes big decisions like spending millions to remodel an office building across from the Capitol for legislative housing. So you strengthen Juno's stranglehold on where the legislature meets. I mean, that's true. We really hadn't talked about that much, but you know, when they got that apartment building and they went ahead and they remodeled the whole thing, that just means that the chances of the session being held outside of Juno are slimmer and slimmer. He talks about Scott Kawasaki, how election reform is now his game. And, uh, you know, because remember, he keeps talking about how he's been working with Mike Shower and Sarah Vance and does all this stuff. But now he supports same-day registration voting with no identification required, no meaningful proof of residency. And all this other kind of stuff. I mean, that's not, I don't think that was what we were looking for. Uh, and then he talks He talks about Bill Wilikowski, Jesse Keel, Loki Tobin, the ultra-liberal chair of the Senate Education Committee. She recently issued a public statement laced with profanity, which I read that. I, I couldn't even read it on the air. 
about the State Board of Education banning biological males from female sports. Tobin advocates for boys' and girls' locker rooms. Inquiring minds want to know if Tobin supports males exposing their genitals to female juveniles without consent in light of the fact that it appears to violate Alaska Statute 1141-458, Indecent Exposure, which can be charged as a felony. Does this criminal violation suddenly become legal by virtue of a person's self-identification? Uh, I mean, this this thing by this is an excellent article. You should go out there and take a take a look at it. I posted it up in the chat room. It's Scott Ogan over in Must Read Alaska. Uh, gives you a little bit of a behind the scenes look at what's going on over there. All right, hey, we're out of time. Laura Edson's up next. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Okay. Hey, look at that. We are ready to go. Hour two is here. I see Laura Edson in the green room. She's eating all my virtual donuts, drinking my virtual coffee. They have virtually no calories, so it's okay. That's the important part. They have the virtual donuts with no calories. Um, before we go check in on her real quick, let me run over and just see what you guys have been saying. Um, uh, see what's going on here. Okay. Um, woof. Okay. Uh, blood pressure is not caused by physiology. It's metabolic. It's an indicator of poor metabolic health. It's, uh, I guess what I was, that's, I guess that's just a saying trying not to raise my blood pressure blah 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 my blood pressure is really low anyway so it doesn't matter but i'm just you know what i was trying to say genie she, she's being so literal this morning you know you know um my son my son says denise still has no health care he literally can't afford it well denise then this hour might be for you because we're going to talk with laura who might be able to help you um, it's been this whole journey over the last, I guess it's been 15 years, right? 2007, this journey over the last 15 years has been very interesting, um, for healthcare for my family as well. Um, <clears throat> I'm going through here. Nothing's going to change this year. So you might as well get over it. Says Jeremy. He's not wrong. Jeremy is not wrong. Nothing is going to change this year. This is the second half of the session with the same players. You might as well get over it. Um, all right. Cannot help but be curious about the common denominators. Yada, yada, yada. Um, Harold actually has something positive to say. Scott was the legislator who called the most and asked the best questions Scott Ogan, when I was running calculations for the new education formula. He was the one who called the most and asked the best questions. So apparently it's good stuff. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's go on to here. Okay. Um, 
Well, actually, it was Hannah last year. Okay. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all good. I think I'm all cup. Uh... <laughs> all right, Jeremy, let's kind of calm it down a little bit here. I don't know who you said you're an idiot to. I can't figure it out, but uh, let's, we're going to keep the ad hominems to, uh, to a zero base. All right. So no name calling. I've already called out Harold on it and I've called out somebody else a couple, three, four weeks ago for it. So let's just keep it, keep it toned down, agree to disagree and move on. If you don't like somebody and what they're saying in the chat room, folks, you can always block them individually and then you don't see their comments anymore. That makes it easy. Then you don't have to see their comments. You don't have to be irritated. So if somebody's irritating you, just block them and where you go. All right, uh, let me go over here to the chat room here, and we're going to test out Laura's connection and make sure everything is good to go. Uh, she's just diligently working away. This woman works all the time. She's got all this stuff going on. Ah, my, oh, I'm going to have to refresh at the top of the hour too, aren't I? All right, let me go over here and see what uh, see what Laura has to say as we bring her into the chat room uh, from the green room. So we'll start over here. Uh, hello. Hello, Laura. Good morning. How are you? How are you this morning? Um, I've had a cup of coffee, so I'm better. You've had a cup of coffee. Well, that's thumbs up on that. Then you're you're good to go. Are you ready to? <laughs> you all ready to dive into this? Sure. Okay. All right. Well, we we got a minute. I don't want to take you away from your work. I know you're bit this. I know how dedicated you are to this. So. We're going to get into this here in a second, and this is actually what it's going to look like when we get sat down here. Let me uh, pull this up just so that you can make sure you're all – oh, my God, this thing is so slow. All right, there we go. Uh, drag that over there. Uh, so we're going to, uh, we're going to take the, get, get to the top of the hour here, and we're going to, uh, we're going to uh, bring you back on after we play the theme music, which we're a couple minutes out. I just wanted to make sure that your audio worked and everything was good. And I'm obviously going to have to reset because I can't, uh, I can't even drag you to the other side of the screen like I normally can. So it's a, it's a hot, hot mess. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to pull you back into the green room here and we'll be right back to you. Don't go anywhere. Uh, folks, uh, please like, and subscribe, uh, ring the bell, do all that kind of stuff. She needs folders. No, she needs like to, she needs to clone herself. That's what she needs to do. She needs to clone herself so that she can get, because she needs, she got so much work, especially this time of year. I mean, she was kind to come on this time of year because this is her busiest time of year with open enrollment. And, uh, but we're going to talk about all that. I'm going to, we're going to go back and get the whole story and uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah. Um, we, uh, we will continue. Um <laughs> I appreciate your apology, Jeremy. Let's just try and keep it all cool and under the radar. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. It's hour two. We're going to start with Laura Edson. I'm going to hit the reset during the theme music, so don't, don't panic. I'll be right back right after this.
Hello, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Yep, live around the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukeShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Welcome back to the program. It is hour two of this Thursday edition of the Michael Duke Show, where we're trying to kick off, uh, we're trying to kick off December. I mean, it's the last day of November, but we're trying to kick off December in kind of the lighter side. We want December to kind of be less political, less contentious, and more talking about things that help you, that make you smile, that laugh, that, you know. The lifestyle stuff and everything else. And I thought, what better way to help people out than explain to them that if they don't have health insurance because of the whole Obamacare debacle, and I know a lot of people lost their insurance when that whole thing came about, um, that there are some solutions and there are people who are fighting for you. In your corner. So we're going to be talking with Laura Edson here in just a hot second uh, and get her. But before we get into that, I want to remind people that, of course, the recipe contest is going on right now until we got 20 days to go over to Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show and paste up your favorite holiday recipe. The one recipe you look forward to every year. Post it up there. Tell your friends and neighbors to go over there and vote for it. Thumbs it up. Like it. And uh, maybe you could win a delicious bag of beer, curler, coffee, and a um, and a, uh, a, a six o'clock club coffee mug. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So uh, all you got to do is go over there again to Facebook.com/slash Michael Duke Show, and uh, we're going to uh, you know we'll you get a chance you get a chance to win. Uh, all you got to do is share. Uh, share it amongst uh, everybody else. All right. So little blank screen there. Now we're ready to go. We're going to jump into it with uh, Laura Edson from Alaska Employee Benefits. Um, I've known Laura. Gosh, Laura, I just decided I just did the math on this. I think we've been working together for 15 years now. Um because it was 2007, right? Oh, yeah, pretty close. Yeah, 2007, 2008. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. When the whole process started. Yeah. Yeah. When the whole thing. When the whole thing got started. Uh, so Laura is a is an insurance broker um, um, and kind of a troubleshooter. When and so let me tell you. Let me. I'll tell folks a story here real quick. Um, when uh, when Obamacare was implemented, I was working for the radio stations in Fairbanks, and at the time we were receiving a very decent health care plan. Uh, we were on I think Blue Cross Blue Shield. It was a good plan. You know, it was costing uh, me. Me and my family with all my kids and everything, I think it was 800 and something dollars a month, which is, you know, but I had a lot of kids and that's what it was. And then Obamacare came in to help everybody out. Um, and the first thing I did was try and figure out what my new health care was going to cost. Uh, and what I found 
was like $2,600 a month uh, when it first got started. Now, luckily, my company was kind enough, although they couldn't provide health care anymore because it was just it was weight. It, it tripled their health care costs. Um, they were kind enough to find Laura and Sean from Alaska Healthcare Benefits uh, or Alaska Employee Benefits and and plugged them into this. Now, uh, an insurance a broker is basically you're the go between between the individual, me or my family, and the marketplace and all the intermediaries and the health insurance companies. You are kind of the go between. Am I? Am I? Can you describe what what exactly your official job description is? Yeah, that's basically it. I pretty much call myself the liaison. Um, even though we get commissions and we are represent the insurance companies to a to a point, I consider that I work for my clients. So yes, so they can come to me first if they've got issues instead of sitting on service or you know somebody that they're dealing with out of state. So. I like the I like the title liaison. Yeah, no that that works. So essentially, what happens is Laura works for you as an individual, but she gets paid through a pool where all the insurance companies put money in and everything else. So she's she's basically your go between the liaison. I think that's very good. So uh, when they plugged us into Laura again, I was it, I was pretty desperate because I was feeling very I was feeling a lot of stress about the fact that my health care costs were I was basically going to have to go without health care. But once they plugged us into Laura and Sean, she was able to go out and uh, she shopped the market and did everything else. And she was able to find me health care that I think for the first year or so it was more expensive. I mean, I think I was paying closer to a thousand dollars a month rather than what I had in before. But slowly over the course of years, as the laws changed and everything else, I mean, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you what I pay for my health care now because uh, of all the different things and programs and all that kind of stuff, because it's it's Laura has been there. And I will tell you, and I often tell people this when I send them over to Laura, is that if she had not been around, I would probably be in jail right now because the system is so frustrating. And so I think I've logged into my health care dot gov account one time or maybe two times in the last 15 years because to change the password to give it to laura so she can deal with it uh because that's what she does uh and laura you're saying now that there's been so many changes over the just the last couple years anyway that now people yeah uh, now people could have health care and not even and don't even understand it because again i couldn't find you were able to cut the health care that i looked at because i looked at it right at the beginning you were able to find me a plan that was similar to what i was on for half of what i found because you know the ins and outs and everything else so let's talk to i want to talk to folks today who don't have health insurance who haven't had health insurance and because all they've ever been able to find is something that's unaffordable so let's talk to them about open enrollment today and what uh, what people can do to be able to afford health care in this day and age. Sounds good. So what do we, so first and foremost, what, uh, you know, is there criteria, this open enrollment period, they only allow you now really to enter in once a year. This is the time to do it. Um, you know, give us a rundown of the requirements of what we need to do if somebody out there doesn't have health care and what they need to do and, and how this, how this whole thing works. So the they do have what is called an, an open enrollment period. And for the last few years, and it's it's kind of changed on and off, but 
uh, for the last few years, it runs from November 1st to January 15th. Um, the January night or January, or sorry, um, December 15th is the drop date for a January 1st effective date but they do extend it out to January 15th for February. There are, throughout the years it has changed. So there are different circumstances that there are certain category of people that would, that actually don't have any type of restrictions on when they can come and go off of uh, a marketplace or exchange plans. Um, honestly, I don't, it's more, it is more ACA um, just through the different changes that's happened and especially the biggest change that happened back in 2021. So what happened in 2021 for people who, you know, what, what may have changed since then that would allow people to, you know, maybe get on the marketplace or be able to afford it that, uh, you know, that they couldn't before. So when this originally started, there was, so let me kind of back up a little bit. So everybody falls on what is called an FPL and that stands for a federal poverty line. And it's just depending on the household income is where you fall on this federal poverty line. In the beginning, anybody that uh, fell between 100% to 400% of that FPL um, were eligible, had, had, were eligible for um, subsidies or to be able to get a plan through the marketplace and, and qualify for subsidies. So at the beginning, what it really did is it just took it from one group of people and just kind of gave it to another because those uh, middle to upper middle class people ended up losing their coverage because, you know, like you said, it went from, you know, maybe $1,000 for a family on a high deductible plan to 24 to even more, especially if they had a larger family. And, you know, in most cases, that's more than a house payment. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> my house payment was only slightly more than my health insurance payment. And when they said it was going, my health insurance was going to be two or three times what I was paying right then. I mean, there's just, there was no way I was going to be able to spend twenty five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year on health insurance. Right. So in, so, um, and I probably will get the, the, the name of it wrong, but back in 2021, when they did the, the America Rescue Act, I think is what it was called. It was after the COVID, um, uh, everything with the COVID and, and the, the, you know, the money that they were giving out. They restructured that to a point. Instead of being, you know, disqualifies you 400% on the FPL, it's now a sliding scale after that. So that group of people that lost their coverage for at the beginning were able to now qualify. So, you know, I scenarios just to kind of get an idea and, you know, people that were, were, um, you know, even up in the $300,000 range or a three, yeah, $300,000 um, income for the year were now all qualified. It's not going to be as much, but it was there. So it would now gave it back. It, honestly, it became more of the Affordable Care Act because now it was such a 
big group of people and it pretty much um uh was given a benefit to everybody right now the problem is of course is that in getting this you still have to go and try and navigate the government bureaucracy the marketplace website deal with the insurance companies and all this kind of stuff and what's beautiful about this situation uh working with somebody like laura or sean is the fact that they do all of that work for you do the legwork for me i think what you sent me earlier this year was please go fill out this form which was like eight questions and get it submitted so we can get you back on the marketplace. And then Laura goes out and actually gets everything put together, finds the best deals, looks for the, the the best things that can happen, marries me up to a plan that because every that was the other thing with the ACA. I had the same plan for years when my employer was providing it. And as soon as it went on uh, to the, the ACA, the Obamacare thing, it was Every year it changed. It was like a new policy every year, and you had to try and find one that matched it exactly or as close as you could get. So it became a hot mess. Uh, but now Laura does all that legwork and uh, and makes it easier and is able to find, you know, again, the most affordable health care that we can get at this point. And that's been, uh, that's been a huge help. But it's not just for me. Like you said, for many folks, I have actually sent Laura – I don't know how many people over the years, but I have encouraged everybody that I know that has, you know, who said to me, oh, I just don't have health care. I can't do it. Here's the phone number. Go call them. Because that's that's what you and Sean specialize in, right? Just finding people who don't have the health care to be able to get them plugged in and, and realize that once you've navigated that government morass, you can actually get them health care that's affordable. Yeah. Yeah. I get I put tons of people all the time that come in. Well, I got on there and I, you know, it's not giving me those numbers. There's there's so many questions on that marketplace application that I see people answer too honestly because, uh, you know, they're they get nervous when they're an, they're on a government site and they want to make sure that they're giving the most accurate are not worded on how they actually mean so they're and, misunder- um, they're misunderstanding they're misunderstanding necessarily the question or the depth of the question so they put too much info on there essentially yeah 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 um, it's, uh, it's, it's frustrating, uh, to see people who I know and people I work with, people I love that, you know, that, that are struggled with this and stressed about this. Um, I mean, I've often said that that was the biggest blessing that I received as a, as an employee to have my employer plug me into an organization like yours, because otherwise we would have all been left just floundering around trying to figure out what to do. Um, we're going to talk with, continue to talk with Laura Edson here, uh, from Alaska employee benefits, but I have to take a quick break. So we're going to, uh, we're going to be right back. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke show, common sense, Liberty based free thinking radio. We'll return with more and Laura Edson talking about how you too, if you don't have health insurance, you need to be listening up and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get you, we'll get you squared away here in just a moment. Common sense radio back with more right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. 
Okay, Laura Edson is our guest in the chat room. If you have any que- uh, if you have any questions um, to uh, for Laura, um, now is the time to do it. Um, uh, let's see. I actually just got a text message from a friend who's listening on the radio, and she says, "I agree with how awesome Laura has been." Would you mind telling me what the enrollment deadline is for the January 1 effective date? I still have a couple of people trying to get to go to her uh, and to thank – I, I anyway, she says thank you to Laura. But she's got a couple of people she's been trying to get to go to Laura. Uh, it's December 15th, right, is the drop-dead date for the yeah. effective? Yeah, so December 15th. Although they do have – For, Jan- for, for yeah. January 1st effective date, but we have until the 15th of uh, – January to for a February first effective date. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, it's crazy stuff. Now, uh, Laura, one of the things, and she's working, which I love. Uh, but Sorry. What, no, you're you're good. No, I'm I'm not trying to chastise you. I was just saying I was going to be frivolous and say we really need you to put up your favorite family holiday recipe on our recipe contest. We've been trying to get all our guests to participate um, uh, over on the Facebook page because we love the secret holiday recipes that Grandma passed down. You know that everybody's sharing out. I got my Grandma Faye's pumpkin pie on there, and somebody else has got their grandmother's uh, bread pudding recipe and and stuffing recipes and everything else uh but when you get a hot second and i know you're busy we we'd love for you to throw up a recipe there for your you know the one recipe that you look forward to a year at the holidays that you don't cook any other time we'd love for you to put that up there so we can all upvote it and uh and share your secret recipe uh uh with everybody out there sounds good yeah. Um, if folks have a questions in the chat room right now, we're in the break. Uh, we got just a couple minutes here uh, before we rejoin, but I want you to have the opportunity to ask her. I know Denise said that her son didn't have health care. Uh, so, folks, how do, uh, we need to, how do folks get a hold of you? What's the best way to get a hold of you if they want to get plugged into the system right now, uh, Laura? Is it email? Is it phone calls? What's the best way to do it? Honestly, right now, it's an email. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, Ed, give me, tell me which email address you want them to, uh, you want them to reach out to you at. Uh, Laura at akeebenefits.net. Uh, benefits.net. I'm going to put that right under your name. Laura at akeebenefits.net. I'm going to put that there and then I'll also post it in the chat room. Uh, and, uh, folks, uh, if you want to get a hold of her and get, you know, you or somebody in your family on board, that's the best place to go to, uh, to, uh, send her an email and she'll get, uh, she'll get you squared away. Adult son, here's what Denise was saying. Adult son going to college has no insurance. It's almost $500 a month. He opted to take the penalty at the time and hasn't bothered since. Um, which I feel you. I mean, I know that there's a lot of things. Laura, go ahead. Yeah, that that doesn't surprise me. A lot of people, you know, they got into it one time and they had a bad experience and they're just like, nope, never again. Like I said, there are so many um, ways. There's always so many gray areas and, you know, not really knowing how the application was filled out. um, You know, he... Again, being a college student, he probably had his income at a certain level that took him outside of that 100%. But there's a lot of things that people also forget that they need to account on income. PFD is one. 
that's one that a lot of people forget to add in. And then when they um, go and reconcile their taxes, they end up having to pay some back, especially if they're a larger family and they get quite a few of them. Um, you know, it, it doesn't cost it. It's a five minute process just to run a quick quote and then kind of talk about the different scenarios and different things that need uh, we just lost the last of what she said there because of <clears throat> internet lag, but that's okay. We're going to continue here, Laura. Uh, we're about to rejoin the radio, uh, and we'll continue, and we'll just we'll just hold you on for one more segment, and then we'll let you go because you're a busy lady. Uh, but I wanna I wanna get it all out there. So we'll uh, we'll continue on. Laura Edson, our, uh, Laura Edson, our guest, Alaska Employee Benefits, uh, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Like, share, do all the stuff. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Not your daddy. Wait, sorry. Not your daddy? Ooh, not your daddy's talk radio. <laughs> Whew. I was scared for a second. Thought we were going down. Here's Michael Dukes and the show. All right, welcome back to the program. Laura Edson is our guest with Alaska Employee Benefits. We're talking about being able to get insurance uh, because ever since the ACA came out, a lot of people, especially younger people and people who are in the uh, you know high uh, middle income, middle 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 to middle high income, uh, were basically forced out, especially if their employers were not offering health care benefits. And it, it's really been kind of disastrous for many people. I was lucky enough to be able to be uh, introduced to Laura again 15 years ago when the ACA first went in. It's hard to believe it's been that long already. Um, and she was able to help me significantly save on my health insurance. Uh, and over the years, she's learned how to navigate this system and make it work. Now, we had a question during the during the break. Uh, somebody said uh, thank you to Laura that she had she had worked with Laura and she said thank you. Uh, she also wanted to know about the deadline. If you want a January first effective date, then your deadline to get everything done is the fifteenth of December, right? Right. Right. But you can still continue on through the process if you as long as you get it done by January fifteenth. Then your effective date will probably be what February first at that point. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you're still able to do it. So, um, so Laura, let's walk us through the process. If so somebody out there is listening to the program right now and they're like, "I don't have health insurance. I tried it one time uh, because uh, Denise in the chat room said her adult son tried it one time when he was in college and it was like five hundred dollars a month for a college kid. Nobody's going to pay that. Uh, but they tried it one time and they've sworn off it for life. But now, of course, things have changed. And if you have somebody like Laura in your corner, it could be something much less. So what if somebody's out there right now listening? They don't have health insurance. They really would like to have health insurance, but they were disqualified for whatever reason, whether it's price or something else. So how do people how do people get started with you? What's the best thing to do? At this point, it would be to send me an email. Um I do have, we do have an, another agent in the office now, so it will either be, depending on how much, uh, how full my plate is, I may um, transfer it over to Bobby, who is the one that works with me, um, to have him touch base with it. But honestly, I really do try to, as a, I, I really do reach out to everybody that's a I should be the one that 
that takes care of him. But Bobby is there as a backup, and he works under under me very closely. And um, I try to train him to be as good as I am. It's a little <laughs> slow, but <laughs> well, it takes years to come up with that kind of expertise, right? I mean, there's there's the it's the guild apprentice and the professional. That's what it's all about. So, folks, yeah. need, if you're interested in it, first you need to send an email to Laura. It's Laura L A U R A at a k e e benefits dot net. That's Laura at akeebenefits.net. Uh, and uh, send an email and say, I'm looking for health care. I want to subscribe. I want to sign up on the list. And you'll reach out or Bobby will reach out to them and get the information and you'll get started. Yeah. So mostly, basically, what I, at this point in time, I... And you'll... if. If you email, you're probably going to see something come back after work hours. I just, I have no time right now to get to emails and be able to answer them without being uh, distracted or interrupted. So I've been doing my emails at night. Oh, dude, yeah, because this is her time to be busy, and I, I will guarantee it. And and I was, it was, she was kind enough to come on and talk about this. Now, uh, you walk through the whole process where they literally don't even have to log into the marketplace themselves to answer all the stuff. You take care of the whole process from start to finish, and then provide them like you did with me with a variety of options. Uh, now we know kind of what my plan is every year, but in the beginning, you would also you would always offer me two or three or four different plans to say here's the different levels here's what you can do and here's how much you would pay so you give us kind of the smorgasbord of options as to what we can choose yeah we talk and you know um and and, um i ask you know what are the health needs what are the you know what are you looking for what kind of a price range you want to stay within and then one of the things that also people don't realize is that all family members do not have to be on the same plan so if you're trying to cut costs, but you have that one family member that let's say is a diabetic or you know has something more medical needs, we could put um, uh, that one family member on a more richer plan and keep the other families on more of a basic plan to help uh, help offset. And they don't even have to stay within the same insurance companies. So it's it's it's. You can get pretty creative. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And the other thing that Laura offers, not only, again, kind of the whole – uh, you know, streamline process from start to finish of getting people assigned to health care. Once you have the health care, and this is the part where she's literally saved me from going to prison, um, is if you have a problem with the insurance company, you get denied on something, you get uh, delayed, they refuse medications or a certain procedure or something like that. Laura is your advocate with the insurance company. You don't have to be on hold with Blue Cross Blue Shield for six hours trying to talk to somebody. You call Laura or send Laura an email and say, here's my problem. Problem. Here's what they're delaying and they're denying. I thought this was covered. What do we need to do? How do we fix it? And Laura then goes to bat for you with either the marketplace or the health insurance companies or both and deals with them directly. And you've got like the backdoor deals, right? You've got the backdoor specific access to talk to the right people without having to go through a six hour wait on a switchboard somewhere. Yeah, I usually go and try, you know, I, there's a process and I try to go through the process before I uh, uh, bring in the big guns just because I don't want to overuse them and, and cringe every time they see my phone number um, pop on the caller ID. But I know the terminology. I know when uh, getting the whole picture 
And that that's what happens a lot is, you know, each of them are think or are, are think that they're talking about the same thing when we're in reality, they're not. So if, you know, and then I have the confidence to know, hey, you're not telling me exactly true or right. you need to, I need to go somewhere, you know, somewhere else because you obviously um, are misunderstanding or not, not quite the whole um, I'm trying to be nice about it, but <laughs> you're obvious. Yeah, the, the I, whole picture. But yeah, I don't, the- I don't have to be nice. They are obfuscating sometimes the truth and not giving you the whole truth <laughs> in the in the in the bottom line, right? But, right, because honestly, when you call that customer service, especially with the marketplace, and um, when you're calling customer service, you are getting somebody that's typing in your question on the computer, reading what's coming up on the computer and interpreting it in their own way. They don't really, I mean, there are some good ones out there. Trust me, there are some good ones, but the mass majority of them, there's, you know, they're just a call center. Right. They don't necessarily understand the full ramifications and they're just waiting for lunchtime. They don't, you know, they're, it's not like they yeah. really care about you specifically. But Laura's got the ins and outs. She's understood it. She's been doing it for years. She understands how the whole policy works. And she can, I'm sure you've educated a few call center employees over the years on exactly what their policy actually is, not what they think it is. Uh, and like you said, then you've got the backdoor big dog access where if you have something that's a problem, you know who to call, you, you, you know who to call to get it straightened out. And she she has over the years straightened out several big problems for us uh, on the uh, uh, on the on the situation. So it's uh, it's it's been a huge benefit to me, and I just want to share her with the world. Uh, like I said, I have probably sent two dozen people to her over the last fifteen years to go talk to her. Now, most I remember the one gal that works with me. I beat on her for three years before she finally went over and and talked to Laura. And now she just keeps she says she keeps thanking me. She can't. I just can't believe I didn't go when you first told me, uh, because it's made life so much easier, especially for people who have health challenges and they're afraid that they're just not going to get it, or they tried it again 10, 12, 15 years ago, and it was three times what they were paying, and there was no way they could do it. Things have changed. Especially if you're, like I said, I tried to do it on my own and Laura was able to cut what I had by what I found for my health insurance by like 150% because she knew the ins and outs of the system. And that's what I needed. I needed somebody that knew the system, that could hold my hand, that had the background and everything else. Um, So, Laura, I want to give you a chance here in the last couple minutes before I let you go because you are a busy lady. She's been working during the commercial breaks, guys. She's literally in there tippity-typing stuff away as we we do this. Um, But I want to give you the chance to, uh, you know, just tell people – uh, you know, the just your, your elevator pitch for people, why they should talk to you, uh, what it is, doesn't cost them anything, uh, and final no. thoughts on kind of the healthcare system as it is right now, what people should be looking for. I just give you the floor here for a couple minutes. So basically, um, I actually, it's a passion. I actually love my job, if you actually can uh, uh, believe that. Um, I thrive on being able to help the people. I, I'm born. We have always had up here being able to be not the forgotten one. So 
Um, I do work very, very hard to make sure that my clients get the best um, coverage or get their full benefits. Because again, like I said before, there's so much terminology and, you know, everybody thinks they're talking about the same thing when they're really necessarily not. I've helped plenty of plenty of people to navigate thinking that they didn't didn't have any other choices to get th taken care of and let them know that there's so much more to these policies that people that people don't even utilize and it's just because they don't really understand you know the terminology in what I always have my oh just lost yep. we just lost, lost yeah lost you for a second there go ahead so you always have your what laura i always have my ears and eyes out there looking for um you know new things and you know uh uh that's going to help us up here because like i said we're like the forgotten ones we're we're a small population people don't necessarily um want to invest because um, they don't think it the, there's a market when on all reality i think the individual market is actually very very big because we don't have those big corporations that employ i mean we do have a few you know state and, and university and stuff but especially in fairbanks we're a small business town right right and you know and small businesses can't afford um, you know, uh, the best coverage or, you know, uh, I should, shouldn't say the best coverage, but, you know, it's, that's hard when you got a small business. So right. um, we've kind of, we've gotten creative with different ways that um, a smaller businesses can offer coverage. Um, but again, I think the mar the individual market could be very big just because so many don't work for the big corporations or a big conglomerate. Right. But it's a landmine. I mean, it's a land, it's a, it's a minefield of having to walk through, you know, yeah. it's, it's a minefield to have to walk through. And so you, to have somebody there to hold your hand, to walk you through the process, somebody who understands, like you said, the terminology, the vagaries, the ins and outs of the system, it's invaluable. It literally is invaluable. Laura has saved my life, my sanity and everything else for my family, for the health insurance. And if you don't have health insurance, you should be sending her an email right now and at least have her get you a quote as to what it might cost because i guarantee you it's probably less than you think uh than it, it is uh and it's you yeah know, it is what it is uh we're stuck with this law we're stuck with the way that they did it they i know they eliminated the high deductibles and the catastrophic policies and all that kind of stuff and i know they've meddled in the market but you know what we have to live with what they've given us and the only way you can do that sometimes is by having somebody help you through it somebody like laura so again if you're interested uh, Laura, Laura at akeebenefits.net. Uh, that's L-A-U-R-A at akeebenefits.net. Send her an email and she or Bobby or somebody will get back with you and they can get you a quote. If you get it done by the 15th of December, you could have health insurance starting on January 1. And uh, that's a that's a great thing. Laura, I know you're busy and I appreciate you coming on board. Um, thank you for uh thank you for doing this and i hope uh i hope you keep doing what you're doing because you uh you are you are saving the world one person at a time in my opinion 
Yeah, I'm not allowed to retire, so. Yeah, I heard that. You're not even allowed to take vacation sometimes. That's the worst part, this gal. <laughs> I she, I called her one time. She's like, I'm in the, I don't know where you were. You were on a cruise or in the Bahamas or something. I called you, and she's like, well, I saw your number, so I had to answer my phone. I'm on vacation right now, but what can I do for you kind of thing. And I'm just like, this woman is dedicated. So I appreciate you, hon. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you, okay? Tell Sean. Merry Christmas. Tell Sean I said hi, and uh, we hope we hope your email is flooded because yeah. the more you can help, the better off the world is. And so, thank you, Laura. I appreciate it. Yeah, unless you know it's it's what oh her internet froze again. All right, well we're gonna uh, we're gonna go. Thank you, Laura. I appreciate it. Uh, folks, we're gonna continue. The Michael Duke Show continues in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. We will be back with more. My final thoughts on the other side. Uh, We'll be back right after this. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. (laughs) Ha, nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Yeah, it's all those emails I broke her internet. Yeah, her internet continued to just get spottier and spottier there at the end. So, uh, you know, it's probably because she's on GCI and I'm on GCI and they just don't play well together, right? I mean, something like that is one of the things. Um, Yeah, gal, hun. I use those terms all the time. If you don't like it, there's another show somewhere. That's all it is. Um, Let's see. Um, this is the enrollment time for insurance. This is where insurance is to make a crap ton of cash. I mean, insurance. Yeah. I mean, insurance, especially and Ron, I think Ron was Ron Gillum. I think that said it earlier, um, that said something about, you know, you know, I'm looking for the comment. Here he goes. Anytime you make something mandatory, you can bet the cost will rise significantly, which reminds me of, I mean, back in the day before we had mandatory car insurance in the state of Alaska. And I'm sure there was a lot of people who were flitting around without insurance. Uh, I'm sure it was. But even then, even back then, well, and I was pretty young back then. I think it was in my, I must have been in my tw- early tw- early 20s. Even then, I understood that if you made something like that mandatory, because they kept saying one of the selling points was, oh, well, if everybody has to have it, it will surely be cheaper just based on like volume, right? Oh, if everybody has it, it will surely be cheaper. And I was like, "Uh, no, if you mandate it. Then they've got a locked-in price point, and they can make it whatever they want. They sure, and it sure enough, the insurance went up. You know what I mean? It was just one of those things where it was like, wow, okay. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, it's 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 exactly it. insurance. You know, it's uh, it's a game. It's a it's a uh, you know, it's a gamble, um, and we're always fighting it. And somebody else said something about the. There we go. It's Bill. It's the insurance company's job to make money, not pay out. And that's why it's so important, in my opinion, to have somebody like Laura on your side, because you're 100% right. Did you know um, that uh, uh, 40% 
of denials. This is because Laura and I were talking about this the other day. 40% of denials are never appealed. So if you're denied something from your health insurance company, 40% of those are never even appealed. So it makes sense for them to want to basically just deny willy-nilly because they know 40% will never appeal anyway. And if they go ahead and they give it to you on the first appeal, then, you know, what have they done? They've just protected their bottom line a little more because they know most people are not going to appeal over something that, you know, maybe it was only 50, 100, uh, 500, 1,000 bucks instead of, you know, we're not talking about denials of tens of thousands of dollars, which I'm sure there, there probably are. But when 40% of the appeals are, 40% of the denials are never even appealed, it's easy money for them. They could just deny out of, you know, out of just a SOP is just to deny the first time anyway. And then they get to say 40% of those right, right out of the cut. So, yes, you're right. It's the insurance company's job to make sure that, that they make money and not to pay it out. Um, but it also, this also reminds me that if you ever do get a denial, first thing you do is file an appeal because no, I've just not, that's why I pay the insurance. I know it's a gamble. <clears throat> Uh, and the house always wins, but if it's something that I'm supposed to be getting, they should be, uh, they should be doing it. Um, all right. <clears throat> Donna says, I'll purchase insurance again when low premiums, catastrophic policies are allowed. Obamacare killed those policies. Exactly. People should be that again, the government intervention in the market. I know people say, well, I don't want to participate because they're they the ones that stuck this to us, folks. They are the ones that stuck this to us. So I'm going to live within the system. They forced it on us, so I'm going to I'm going to make it pay. I'm going to do whatever I can do to protect. I mean, you know, I still have to have health insurance for my family. Uh, I've, got, I've still got, you know, we still got things going on. So this is what they wanted to force down our throats. Okay, so I'll play your game. And like I said, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you what my health insurance costs now. Uh, especially when I hear some of my friends can't get health insurance because it's so expensive. And I had somebody like Laura on my side and I'm paying less now than I ever was before Obamacare, which doesn't mean that it works by the way. It just means that I'm using the system as intended. And there's a lot of other people out there who, who can't navigate it by themselves. I couldn't navigate it by myself. I had to have somebody like Laura help me, but it's just, it's just one of those, it's just one of those things. One of those things that's just frustrating to watch. Um, <clears throat> it's not nice to refer to someone as a member of an invading tribe. I must have missed something there. Did I miss a comment somewhere about that? Anyway. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to continue. Uh, before we go anywhere, uh, the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Um, 20 years ago, Blue Cross Blue Shield automatically would deny every 11th claim for that reason. Oh, I'm sure they probably deny a lot more now than they did back then. That's 100% a given.
Okay. One final segment for today. I was going to keep Laura for the whole three for the whole hour, but she was so busy. I mean, she was literally during the commercial break. She was turning away from our screen and working on another screen, still working away. I mean, she's just it's a busy time. She was kind enough to come on and I appreciate it. Um, and I just don't know. I just don't know how to 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 encourage people more to go talk to somebody like Laura or Sean or Bobby over there to have them help them wade through the minefield that is the healthcare system these days. Um, <clears throat> it's it's amazing. And I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm just not going to participate in it. Well, you know, okay, great. If you don't want health insurance, then don't bother with it. That's fine. Um, but some of us have got, you know, family members uh, that have, you know, ongoing health needs that they need, you know, we need medications or, you know, to be seen or things like that. So it's just, it's really not an option to go without health care. And as I said earlier, I mean, we're stuck with Obamacare. We're stuck with this ACA. Is it going to be repealed? It's been revised several times and changed, and now it's no longer mandatory. I mean, those were some good things that happened. But I just don't see this law being repealed anytime in the near future. And so you forced it down our throats. I'm going to use it. That's just how it is. Uh, if it costs me more or costs me less, I'm still I still need it, so I'm going to do it. But if you're going to force it down our throats, then I'm just going to use it as intended. And so you and you should too. I mean, you should too. This is kind of like my old commentary that I used to make about living off the supply lines of the enemy. You know, <clears throat> hey, I don't see it as a bad thing. Uh, if it's if it's eventually gonna if we're gonna go bust in the meanwhile, we might as well accelerate that so we can get it over with and move on. You know what I mean? Living off the supply line of the enemy is about the only thing you got there. And healthcare is just so, you know, this intervention in the market for people who wanted like catastrophic care, like they had a very low payment, high, high deductible catastrophic care in case they, you know, got cancer or were involved in some kind of accident or something, where, you know, where they need. And now, of course, you couldn't do it. You couldn't get that kind of catastrophic care anymore. They wanted you to have a very specific kind of care. And again, this is the same problem with the you know any kind of government-run system. Not only does it run massively inefficiently, but government is now making choices for you that you should be making for yourself. If you feel confident in a catastrophic high deductible plan, then that and that made you feel comfortable and and felt like well then that's what you should be doing. You know, instead they're deciding for you, and that's always the problem with these kind of programs. But you know, you, you, we're, this is the world we live in right now, and we're just, I'm going to navigate it as best I can and uh, and make it work. Absolutely make it work. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you don't have, if you don't have the health care, then uh, you need to, uh, you need to, uh, you need to jump in and, um, uh, uh, and call Laura or email Laura rather, and uh, that, you know, and make it happen. Brian says in the chat room, in some ways, uh, Obamacare was a gift to the insurance industry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in some ways, because it definitely, you know, it definitely consolidated them. And they received a lot of concessions when that thing was first put in. It was definitely an issue. And, you know, and that's the other thing. I mean, to have her not just for setting you up with health care, but then to be able to intervene later on once you do have health care. That's really what I appreciate her for almost more than anything, because we've had some challenges with the health care 
uh, with our insurance company over the years. And we've switched companies a couple times since the ACA was involved. But there's been a couple times when I literally was like screaming into a phone trying to get somebody to listen to what, you know, what was going on. And luckily, Laura was there to intervene and, and make all that work because it's so frustrating. I mean, it is the job of the insurance industry and the insurance companies to make sure that they make a profit. It's not their job to pay out. It's their job to make sure that they're protecting their profits, right? And so a lot of times there's there seems to be more and more of a trend of just automatic denial um, of services and certain things and certain prescriptions, just an automatic denial to make it more difficult. Uh, in fact, Laura and I were talking uh, earlier this week, and she mentioned that uh, there was a statistic that just came out here recently where of the denials um, that were being put out there by the companies – that they found that 40% of the denials were never appealed, that they would be denied. And maybe it was something that was covered under their plan, but it's just become almost an automatic denial because they know that 40% of the people will never appeal it. And they're just saving money that way, making it more difficult for the rest of us to have to then appeal the process and send in the paperwork and do all that kind of stuff. And that's where somebody like Laura really just, um, really just uh, makes a huge difference in something like that. Um, all right. Let's, let's see. I'm just looking. Um, uh, I'm just going through all this stuff here to see if there's anything other comments in, uh, in the chat room. Um, insurance company says Denise have way too much power over folks care, their meds, their preexisting conditions. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's again, it's a very tough time, very tough time overall uh, when this kind of stuff. And Ron Gillum pointed out earlier that that's the problem. Uh, anytime you have something that is mandated, it always makes it more expensive. Anytime something is made mandatory, you can bet the cost will rise significantly. We saw the same thing here in the state of Alaska with car insurance when it was not mandatory. And then when it became man, even I understood at a very young age, because I was in my late teens, early 20s at that point, that this was going to be very difficult because your insurance would go from, you know, uh, I don't know, 100 bucks every six months to, you know, more, much more. And mine did. Mine went up significantly because, you know, they kept, they kept trying to sell it to you. Oh, yes, we need this mandatory insurance because then everybody will be safe. And since everybody has to be insured, it will raise the pool up and it will make insurance cheaper overall. And I was like, no, as soon as you make it mandatory, everybody's going to have to have it. And then they could set their own prices no matter what. And what happened? Well, my insurance cost when I was uh, driving, because I was driving for, you know, liability, no, but even just with just liability insurance, my insurance cost, I think, tripled or quadrupled over the course of 24 months. I mean, it's just, it was crazy, crazy. You know, instead of a hundred bucks every six months, I'm paying almost a hundred bucks a month or something for liability insurance because now it was mandatory. This is what happens when government intervenes in the free market. I mean, is there a is there is there room and is there a, a need for government regulations in some things? Absolutely, I think that there is, but they should be as limited as possible. The problem is, is when government gets involved in all this stuff, it's it's a it's a hot mess, folks, and we end up paying the price on that for sure. That's uh, you know that's what it is. Um, all right. <clears throat> So tomorrow on the program, it is uh, Firearms Friday. 
where we're going to talk about issues related to the Second Amendment. Um, I tried to reach out to Jacob Sullum from Reason Magazine because he's been covering a lot of these court cases that have been going on out there. Uh, where they're basically saying that the federal government has overreached, uh, through, especially through the ATF. Uh, so maybe he'll come on tomorrow and we could talk about that. And we can see what uh, um, it, you know, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens. It's, uh, it's going to be a, a fantastic time tomorrow, no matter what. And of course, because at the end, we're going to finish up with Willie Waffle. Uh, from WaffleMovies.com. We'll have a fun segment at the end tomorrow for that as well. Uh, don't forget to go out and go to the uh, Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show, and get signed up for the recipe contest. Yeah, baby. You too could win a bag of beer, curler, coffee, and a six o'clock coffee mug. Just for posting your favorite family recipe, that one recipe that you can't wait all year long to cook for the holidays, you share it with us, then tell all your friends on social media to go vote for it. Whoever has the most votes, the thumbs up, the loves, the likes, the interactions is going to win. Bill's ahead right now. That bourbon caramel popcorn is still at the top of the heap right now. Out of time, my friends. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Okay, uh, um, I'm sorry, Genie. don't feed the trolls, just saying, if you ignore them, they go away eventually, um, <clears throat> anyway, don't, uh, don't, don't, don't bother, anyway, appreciate you folks, thank you so much, be kind, love one another, live well, stay ungovernable. I like that. Thank you, Brian. All right, folks. We will see you uh, tomorrow. J-I-H. Everybody keep seeing this. Just, I don't I don't know what that means. Now I'm, you got me, guys. Now I'm worried. Back with more. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day.
We've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. 